3: Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome into the Lombardi line presented as always by BetMGM. I'm Stormy and Tony, live from Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas, alongside today's special treat, VC contributor and professional handicapper Mike Samich, who joins us from his place out there in Los Angeles. One thing I always say about this show, Mike, I'm so lucky that it's like everybody that I host the show with's name is Mike, so I never have to worry about getting it mixed up. How are you today?
0: You know, uh, I'm not gonna lie, Stormy. I- I've been better. I we've been talking so much about golf the last couple weeks. I decided to head to the range yesterday, and about five swings in, I tweaked my lower back pretty good. Oh, no. So obviously, I did the rational thing and hit the other 125 golf balls that I paid $13 for, because that's what you got to do when you get a large bucket, right? Mm-hmm. So we're, we're playing under the weather today, but I'm gonna make this one my flu game because we have got a killer show today. We've got MVP talk. We've got some over under talk in the NFL. We got the NHL draft that we get to talk mm-hmm. about and I actually have a couple bets in and we're firing on six baseball games today. So I'm excited to get this thing going.
3: I appreciate you playing hurt, man. That's the, <laughs> that's the way you're a trooper. And if it makes you feel any better, um, I, at one point last year, Tore my meniscus and my knee just from standing up from the ground. So I wish it (laughs) was at least something athletic like you were doing playing golf. So appreciate the honesty there for sure. And we will talk a little bit of golf too. Uh, Harry Gagnon is going to join the show in hour two. uh, Former Las Vegas Sportsbook supervisor. He's got some plays in the Rocket Mortgage that's going to begin tomorrow. We'll even get some college football today. So a full mix in the blender here on the Lombardi line. Super excited about it, and especially all of the NFL topics that we're going to get into because, as you know well, our recent NFL betting guide is going to get released in less than 24 hours. Excited for folks to get their hands on it, and we'll give them a little bit of taste of what the content's going to be in that. We also have some NFL news that we can start out with here today. Uh, Tom Pellicero of NFL Network was on the Rich Eisen show yesterday, dropping a number of little news nuggets. Said that free agent running back Dalvin Cook has received multiple offers at this point he still sees the Patriots Dolphins Jets and Broncos as potential suitors which we've discussed a few times um, on the network when bringing up both he and DeAndre Hopkins situation he is taking they both are taking their time when it figures out where they're going to go ahead and ultimately be but Dalvin Cook is a in this situation where I the Dolphins are the favorite right now plus 140 to land him where do you currently sit on where Cook should go
0: I'm a Dolphins fan, so I'm a little biased here. I would love to see him at the Dolphins, and I I think it makes a lot of sense just from a situational perspective as well. Dalvin Cook was born in Miami, so he gets to go home, gets to play with Mike McDaniel, who I think has a very interesting mind when it comes to the run game. And from a fit on the Dolphins' side, it sets up well, too, because you have a couple of running backs, and Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert, who both have injury concerns going into the season. And if you want to keep Tua upright, the best way to do it is to have a solid running game, and that's something Dalvin Cook can provide. So the Miami fit on both sides just seems really strong in this spot.
3: Plus 140 for him to end up in Miami, and the Miami Heralds' Barry Jackson has reported that the Dolphins have offered a contract to him specifically, that there's been multiple interests between the two parties. So I think it would make a ton of sense for a fit. The Patriots are another team that has been brought up a lot lately, um, specifically just because – when he was talking he's like oh you know playing with Hop, that would be cool and deandre hopkins has been having his name a lot in the patriots the new england team has taken some money too on potentially landing Hop. if you were new england who would you prefer who do you think would fit better in that offense if the patriots were a suitor
0: if i'm new england i want Hop more than i want dalvin cook they they have pretty solid backfield at this point and their wide receiving core leaves something to be desired. And and one of the biggest issues for New England last year was trying to stretch the field and they need to put weapons around Mac Jones if he wants to be successful here and, and rebound from that lackluster second year campaign. So if I'm New England, I'm focused on D hop. And if you get D hop, you probably have a better chance of getting Dalvin cook based on what Dalvin cook has said as well. And they have the cap money if they want to, to be able to go and get both of these guys, be interesting to see what the contracts for both of them are going to be. I would expect the hop is going to go after the bag here and want that 15 to $20 million number. He can only get that from a couple spots. New England's one of those. And that would be my priority if I'm new England, because I do have solid options in the backfield and I don't in that wide receiver room right now.
3: And it does make sense for both of these guys. Like they've referenced to take their time, like wait, as you get either closer to training camp or if a team ends up having more of a need for either one of those positions. So I think that they're playing it smart, playing the long game a little bit here with teams.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're going to see injuries leading up toward the season, and, and that's going to open up positions and make teams more desperate to bring in veterans that can contribute day one, and that's what both uh, Hopkins and D- Dalvin Cook are. So if you're interested in trying to figure out how to plug those gaps, if you have any injuries in the offseason OTAs or once we get into training camp, these are two guys that fit right away, that are veterans, know what they're doing, and can contribute right out of the gate. The biggest issue for Hop to me is, though, really the cap room. The places that he wants to go, Playing with a top five quarterback and being able to compete for a title don't have the cap room to sign him. So I think he is almost sitting there hoping that one of these teams decides we need him to push it over the top. We're willing to play some gymnastics with the cap to figure out how to make the space for him. We'll see what team ends up doing that. I'm still holding out hope it's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs because <laughs> I would love to see him with Mahomes.
3: That would be exciting. And 16-1 to 1 currently right now at DraftKings for Um, the Kansas city chiefs to end up with Deandre Hopkins. That would be a fun match for sure. And even despite his age, he's a guy we know moves the change great on third down a red zone target elite hands. Um, I think that he's somebody that could make a number of quarterbacks just that much better. So hopefully he lands somewhere he wants, but I've said it once I've said it a thousand times that OBJ contract with the Baltimore Ravens really probably set a number up in his mind that teams just aren't capable of doing at this point. And um, It's unfortunate for him, I think, because he's probably in a situation where he thinks he's better than Odell Beckham Jr., which I wouldn't argue against very much. Um, Speaking of free agents, did you see, like, you thought you had a bad day on the golf course. You see what happened to Leonard Fournette yesterday? My goodness, with the car caught on fire on the highway?
0: That is so scary. I mean, it's gotta be like top five things you never want to happen no. in your life. And and the Instagram video of the charred car too. I mean, this wasn't just like a little fire. This was a full on car on fire moment in the highway. When you're going 70, 80 miles per hour. I can't imagine how that feels when you see that happen right in front of you and, and how lucky you feel to get out of that unscathed.
3: It looked like something from a movie that was unbelievable. Like I, I, and especially when it's, you know, we we hear about these things happening, but it's never really somebody you can put a face to. And having it be a guy like Leonard Fournette, you're just like, what in the world is going on right now? So scary situation. Fortunately, turns out free of injury. He is okay. His car is not okay. So we'll see what ends up happening there. But he's still a guy looking for a new team after being re- released from the Bucks in March as well. Um, obviously experienced. If you're looking for a room to get a little experience depth, he'd probably be a great match there. I know it wasn't his best rushing season last year, to 668 yards and three touchdowns, but it was very effective in the passing game. It's a weird running back market, to say the least, right now because we have we have uh, Dalvin Cook, Kareem Hunt, Zeke also available as free agents. The contract disputes going on with Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs. Speaking of Tom Pellicero dropping nuggets, he. Um, Had to say on the Rich Eisen show as well about Josh Jacobs specifically that he's one running back situation. He doesn't think people are talking about enough. He's quote, at this point, if there's not a long-term deal, he doesn't anticipate Jacobs being at the start of training camp or potentially week one. How do you see things playing out with Josh Jacobs in Vegas?
0: Not great. And we've seen this with running backs consistently over the last couple years. This is the one room that has not gotten paid. Everyone's talking about the devaluation of the running back. You've seen quarterbacks get massive contracts. You've seen wide receiver get, get massive contracts. It's got to be frustrating to be a running back right now because you're putting up numbers. You're moving the chains. You're being asked to do a lot more. I'm talking about blocking, talking about pass catching, and yet you're still not valued very highly, and your shelf life is significantly shorter. So you only have one or two contracts where you can really make, you know, generationally changing money, and these teams are not willing to shell, to, to deal it out And on top of that, if you do end up getting franchise tagged, you're not making anywhere near what the top five players at other positions are making because of that devaluation in that running back spot. I wouldn't be shocked if Josh Jacobs holds out. And this is another reason why we got to be a little concerned about that Raiders team on top of everything we've heard about of Jimmy Garoppolo.
3: Yeah. And I mean, the last thing that we heard from Jacobs was kind of an ominous tweet saying, quote, bad business on June 20th. Indicating things aren't moving smoothly in this area. And that was after the tweet saying, sometimes it's not about you. You got to do it for the ones after us. So maybe he is really trying to take a stand in this spot. Which is interesting because we just saw a big name in Le'Veon Bell come out this past month or so. Saying how much he regretted holding out back in 2018. He called it petty. Um, and then Debo Samuel last year talking about his contract and how much that affected him coming into this season just raises more and more questions. I feel like about what are players doing in this spot when they do hold out, they have until July 17th, the franchise tag deadline to negotiate the extension.
0: There's very few situations where this has been successful. I mean, Le'Veon Bell is is a great case study there, right? He was one of the top five running backs in the NFL, didn't get the contract he wanted from Pittsburgh ends up holding out for a season and really falls off the face of the earth. I mean, I know we played a couple seasons with the jets after that, but wasn't nearly as effective and wasn't able to ever get the contract that he was hoping to get. So sometimes you just got to kind of bite the bullet, especially if you are a running back in this situation. And, and unfortunately your position is just not valued as high as others. And we saw everything with Lamar. He ends up getting the money. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to see that from running backs. And if Josh Jacobs isn't careful, It could be a very similar story to what happened to Le'Veon Bell.
3: Yeah, and I feel for him too because he went into last year in a prove-it year, right? Like really trying to have the opportunity to earn the contract. All he does is go out there and lead the entire NFL in rushing yards over 1,600 yards. His rushing prop, by the way, This season, just over a 1,000, 1,049 and a half rush yards, minus 110 both ways. He's gone over that number in three of four seasons so far Um, there with Vegas. His rushing touchdowns prop set at eight and a half. He's also had between nine and 12 touchdowns in each of the last three seasons. So he has shown that he can be a quality running back in this league. And I hope that he's not in a position where he has to hold out. But to your point. Would make a whole lot of sense if he feels like he's pushed in a corner to have to do that. We're going to take a quick break here, but we'll return talking a little bit more NFL. And of course, as you mentioned off the top, the NHL draft. Well, yes, we know Connor Bedard is going number one. It's a very Victor Wembignana, LeBron James type situation at the top of the draft. There is one wild card. Where does this specific top Russian prospect end up landing? We'll discuss it all when we return on the Lombardi line.
4: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi.
0: Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on vSEN, the sports betting network.
3: Time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and more. You can download the BetMGM app today, and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID. Open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're gonna love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Stormy Bonantoni and Mike Samich with you today as we roll along here on the Lombardi line. Just wrapped up a good conversation on the Raiders and Josh Josh Jacobs dealing with his contract situation. A former Raider in Derek Carr He's making some headlines over the last 24 hours as well here, Mike, because while he's super excited and grateful to be with the Saints, called them an organization that's been proven for years, he's also opening up about his departure from Vegas and how unhappy he was with the way things shook out at the end of the year and him getting benched. Said, though, it lit a fire inside of him to keep going. What are your expectations for Carr in the Saints offense this season?
0: Uh, he's got a big opportunity in New Orleans. He's got the weapons around him to be effective. And you've got a division that is there for the taking. That like The Bucs are probably going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. You've got a rookie quarterback starting in Carolina. This Atlanta team, well, a lot of people love them. I'm not so sure. I'm ready to to anoint them as anyone who can actually contend for the division. So a big opportunity there with a very good defense. The most interesting part about those comments to me he was upset with the organization because they upset his wife, which I thought was wild too. I, like the fact of how this played out, how he wanted to be on those fields the last couple of games, he wanted to be there for his teammates and his wife to be able to see him and watch him play in those games. He seems legitimately pissed off at this Raiders organization.
3: Yeah. I said, I knew it was over when they made my wife cry. When you hear those words though, like stable organization, how much do you feel like that's just calling out the situation that they've had here in Vegas?
0: I definitely think it's a shot, right? I mean, and if you look at Vegas and everything that's been going on there, it has not been stable. It was not stable in Oakland. It's not been stable so far in Vegas. And it's it's been an issue. And it starts with the head coach. Josh McDaniels underachieved last year. just straight up. I mean, they lost four games up 10 points or more at halftime, the most in NFL history. That's not something you should be doing if you're an offensive savant and you have a good defense with a decent pass rush. So, On the field, there were problems, off the field, there were problems, and now we have more of this dirty laundry being aired. It makes you really concerned about this Vegas team, because I can't remember the last time we had a positive story coming out of the Las Vegas Raiders.
3: Yeah, and you can tell that this is something serious, because Derek Carr usually isn't the type of player that airs grievances in this way. So a little bit of a different personality that we're seeing here from Derek Carr in this spot, and... I, I, he even talked about it too the number of head coaches, the number of offensive coordinators that he's had to deal with in his time in Vegas. It's taken a bit of a toll. So we'll see how things end up uh, with New Orleans, because to your point, it really is a wide open division. We saw last season the Bucks winning with the record that they did. And New Orleans, the Carolina Panthers and the Falcons all with seven wins. It could have been anybody's division a season ago. And you feel relatively similar this year at the top. Um, Let's turn our attention here quickly, though, now to the National Hockey League, because the NHL has actually been pretty busy here after the Golden Knights raised the Cup. So there's some stability in Vegas. There's something good happening here, (laughs) at least a little bit, Um, but... We saw trades, the NHL awards. In terms of the biggest trade so far, the Kings put together a sign and trade with the Jets for Pierre-Luc Dubois. We saw Tyler Toffoli go from the Calgary Flames um, to the Devils yesterday. But for our betting purposes, it is NFL, NHL draft night tonight. And I said it before the break, Connor Bedard, we all know, locked and loaded to go number one overall to the Chicago Blackhawks. And then it seems like the first Three picks are pretty set in stone, at least if you're to believe the odds and the odds on numbers that we have for those positions. Things get a little bit dicey after that though, don't they, Mike?
0: Yeah, it's it's gonna get wonky and it's it's an interesting draft because you can make a lot of parallels to the NBA draft, right? Connor Bedard is is one of those generational talents right on the right up there with like the Nathan McKinnon level. I'm not gonna say he's Connor McDavid, but he's Nathan McKinnon level prospect heading in here to the NHL draft. You're kind of Number two guy here is Adam Fantilli, who's gonna come out of Michigan. He won the Hobie Baker Award last year for the best player in college as a freshman. He is a ready-to-go NHL bona fide center and gonna be very, very good. He's kind of that that Scoot Brandon Miller level prospect. The interesting thing is the third best prospect here is a Russian, and the Russian's name is Metve Michkov, who is a dynamic scorer, but has a three-year contract in the KHL and plans to honor that contract. So this is someone who's not going to come to your team for three years. If he was going right to the NHL, he would be drafted second or third in this class. But because he is not, it really throws a monkey wrench. And it's what teams are willing to wait a couple of years to try and get that elite talent. And we've seen this with other players. We saw it with Tomas Hurdle. We saw it uh, with these Russian guys who want to play there for a while, but then come over. And are you willing to pay that penalty of three years? And that's where it's going to get interesting. Everything I'm reading is Leo Carlson's going to go number three. So Mm -hmm. that one, two, three, like you said, is pretty locked and loaded. The question here is who's willing to take the chance on Mishkov and willing to go after that top tier talent and give up the the three years?
3: Yeah, ESPN's Greg Wyszynski in the article that he put out this morning called him a quote, agent of chaos. We're seeing players and coaches call him a mystery man, certainly the biggest X factor and how that could impact other positions from a betting standpoint here. But you talk about the ability that he has it's off the charts. The thing is, a lot of these teams don't get to actually see him because he's playing over there in Russia. Had 22 goals in 22 games in the KHL developmental league last season. Um, in the KHL here, had this year had 20 points in 27 games as a starter at 17 years old. So just goes to show the playmaking ability, the goal scoring ability. He's going to be somebody that'll make an impact once he gets to your team, but the question is when, and then you have all the geopolitical stuff that comes with the player from Russia as well. He is in North America for the draft. Um, He's able to make the trip out. He's shown some more openness to actually talk to teams because I heard that was kind of another issue with him at this point. He has finally understood that he's not the top overall pick in this draft, which is something that had to get toward him. So from a betting perspective here with Matt Vay-Mitchkov, I said yesterday... I liked the bet for him to go fifth overall. It was plus 275 then. I see plus 225 now. So taking a little bit of money there. But I think the Sharks are a potential option as well at four. What's the best angle, in your opinion, to play this from a better's perspective?
0: Oh, well, this is a really interesting market around him specifically. Because if you go to his over under, it's set at five and a half, and the under is juiced minus 275. So massive juices to the under here on the five and a half number. If you then look at, so we talked about how those one, two, three picks, we both believe are pretty locked in. Almost any mock draft you see are pretty locked in. That means he has to go fourth or fifth if you're going to believe that minus 275 under. Well, if you then look at what's the market for him in the fourth pick? Well, to go fourth overall, you're getting plus 500. What's the market in that fifth pick? You're getting plus 225 to 275. If you bet one unit on both of those, you're essentially locking in a profit a plus number if he goes in the fourth or fifth pick. If you want to take, let's say you're $100 better. If you bet $75 on him going fourth and $125 on him going fifth, you get plus 125 on him to be drafted in the fourth or fifth position, which if he goes under five and a half, which is minus 275, you are going to be able to cash that at a plus number versus a minus number. So really interesting just betting dynamics here where you can take a minus and make it a plus Mm -hmm. based on the knowledge you have at the one, two, and three picks.
3: I, so who do you think just in general would be more willing to take the chance on not being able to see one of your top prospects in your pool, because he is going to be playing overseas for the next three years, not available to come out till 26, 27. Um, in my mind, I I think Montreal would fit because of the young talent that they have that's already developing and growing in Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki, and that group. That's why, like at least I feel like that spot specifically makes sense. But do you see one that could be a better fit?
0: Uh, to me, he's going to go 4, 5, or 8. 4 is San Jose. They're still three years out. They they don't mind paying the price here, getting another high draft pick next year. They Like I mentioned, they had Tomas Riddle that they brought in from Russia before. So they have done this. I wouldn't be shocked if they take the upside there at number four. You hit the nail on the head at number five. The Canadians, they have a good young core. They're going to try and build around that core. And if you can bring him in in three years, that again, not a huge issue there for Montreal. The eight is Washington, which is interesting. You have Bovechkin there, obviously. So a lot of experience with these Russian players and understanding how to make them feel comfortable in the United States. And they're another team that has a lot of rebuilding to do. You're going to kind of run out the glory years of the Ovechkin time. And you're going to go through that process and say, hey, we're going to have a Kobe S season. We're going to go around. We're not going to be overly competitive. We're going to have a lot of fun with this premier goal scorer. And then you can have him come in later. So I would expect you're going to see four five or eight. I would be surprised if it's not four or five, though, just because of the upside you have here.
3: No question. Um, again, just to lay this out for you, what the top five odds look like right now. Number one, not even on the board because it's going to be Connor Bedard, number one overall to the Chicago Blackhawks, the generational talent there. Two, minus 550 or higher favorite, Adam Fontilli to go number two to the Anaheim Ducks. Leo Carlson, minus 350 to go three to the Columbus Blue Jackets. The actual favorite to go for right now, for the San Jose Sharks, Will Smith. Yes, he does know all the words to the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I saw that on Twitter this morning. And then five, the favorite right now for Montreal is Ryan Leonard at plus 150. But again, we like that Mitch number between plus 220, plus 270. On this day, 26 years ago, Mike Tyson bit off the ear of a Evander Holyfield. We're going to bite off some MVP odds when we return. Don't go anywhere.
1: This is the Lombardi line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, here is your host, Stormy Bonatone, on VSIN, the sports betting network.
3: Big football week here at VSIN as our NFL betting guide drops in less than 24 hours. We'll help you get set up for the 2023 season with in depth profiles of every team, including advanced stats, proven betting systems, and proprietary betting trends, plus best bets on season win totals, futures, and props. Come join us become a BeON Pro subscriber today for as low as 19 bucks to reserve your copy of the guide or you can take advantage of our summer kickoff special where you get access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl in February for just 175 bucks you can sign up today at beon.com slash subscribe but it's really great so much work went into this thing info awards props season win totals like I said so much. Um, really, really good, insightful information coming up in the guide. Stormy Von Antoni and Mike Somich with you. Visan Zone, Zachary Cohen put together an interesting article in the guide as well called NFL MVP Chatter and kind of breaks down different perspectives and angles you can take. When you're looking at the MVP market, um, chalk worth a look, dark horses for consideration. So figure we can give you a little preview flavor of what to expect in the guide with our discussion of the MVP awards market. Where things sit right now, Mike, Patrick Mahomes, he's got two MVPs to his name in the last five years. He's your favorite to repeat at seven to one Joe Burrow there um, as well, both around at, at BetMGM, plus 650, DraftKings 7-1, that range. Josh Allen close behind at plus 750, and Justin Herbert at 9-1. So the the big arm players there atop the MVP odds right now, but there are a lot of places to look.
0: Yeah, I mean, those are the four most logical guys when you're looking at it. If you, if you look at the past precedent of what it takes to win an MVP award, you have to combine player success, with team success. And then you have to have the narrative. I'll, you do not see very many back to back MVP winners, Aaron Rogers, the last, but he was only the second in NFL history to go back to back with the MVP award. And traditionally you gotta be a quarterback. So when you're looking at these types of markets, to me, you gotta look at the narrative who can be a number one or number two seed in their conference and who are the quarterbacks on those teams that can put up, points and put up numbers and hold down the interception number, because that's been Mm -hmm. one thing we've consistently seen here. You can't throw more than 10 interceptions (laughs) if you want to win the MVP. So who is not going to throw interceptions? Who's going to throw a lot of touchdowns and be that one or two seed. And we don't see it all that often be the kind of crazy long shot quarterback either, because you really don't have any teams that generally end up in the one or two seeds that come from out of nowhere. I think it's a little interesting in the NFC this year. And if I was looking for a price, that's where I would head. Because it feels like the AFC and the top four all AFC quarterbacks is going to be pretty chalky at the top. On the NFC, I think you have a lot more turmoil that you could run into, which gives some of those quarterbacks a better chance to cash at long odds.
3: Those were some good points, though, just to sum up the types of guys you should be looking at, not only from a conference standpoint, but player success with team success, the quarterback's touchdown to interception ratio, narrative as well. Speaking to it being a quarterback, the last non-quarterback to win was Adrian Peterson in 2012. Before that, LT in 06, so... Quarterback is the way you should look. If you're looking for a skill position player, go to offensive player of the year. That's going to be the market where you find the success there. As it pertains to that NFC side of things, then who are some names that really stood out to you? Uh,
0: There were three that jumped out to me and and they're all a little bit wonky here, but I'm going to go off the board and try and find a big price. The first one, Geno Smith up in Seattle. I think the Seattle team has a legitimate shot of winning the division and possibly even the conference. If you look at their schedule, they're set up well in both games against San Francisco, one off the bye, the other a Thursday night game at home against San Francisco. If they're able to win both of those, they should be able to beat the Rams at least once and sweep the Cardinals. You go five and one in division. You have a chance of putting together a very, very good season. And if you look at Geno Smith, he started out hot. He kind of cooled off a little bit back half of the year but he got the, the the nod of confidence there with the contract up in Seattle. And let's not forget they added Smith and Jigba here too. And they've got a good running game. This is a team that could put up a ton of points, has a solid defense, and the NFL style fits Geno Smith's play. He is someone who, when you play that too high shell and you force him to check it down, he's happy to do it. He's happy to find his weapons underneath and have a high completion percentage, low number of interceptions, high number of touchdowns. So he's one of those guys where the narrative fits, and the stats fits it's 35 to one right now.
3: Yeah. And uh, a guy who gained a lot of confidence last season as well. You think about the way that the Seattle Seahawks team was talked about going into last season and because of like everybody saying, well, how are you going to be able to trust a guy like Geno Smith? And then he ends up having this truly breakout year, 35 to one odds. Um, Seems like a, a good number there. Do you like that range of guys in this market? Like, are you trying to find, I mean, last year, obviously chalk ends up coming through with Patrick Mahomes ultimately winning the award. And we know what to expect from those guys. But when you're looking for that perceived value, how far down the board, what range do you try to look at numbers for?
0: I, anything this, this to me is a pizza money bet, right? If I'm, if I'm playing 35 to one, if I'm playing 150 to one, and I'll mention the guy in that range here, yeah. I'm not, I'm not putting a full unit on it. I'm not staking my claim there. I, I actually had a pretty big bet on Patrick Mahomes last year, because let's be honest, Patrick Mahomes is going to win this one out of every six years he's in the NFL. <laughs> so if you get six to one on him every year, you're going to end up making money because he is that good. And, and he will have consistent stats with Andy Reed as his quarterback, yeah. with the weapons that he currently has in Kansas city. But if you're looking for those longer prices, you really gotta take small nimbles at it versus taking big shots. Two of the other ones I like at decent prices here. The first one, Jared Goff, which, okay, I get it, it's crazy. Jared Goff is the NFL MVP. But if the narrative around Detroit pans out and they are one of the favorites in the NFC and they end up going, let's call it 14 and three, right? Let's call it uh, 13 and four, somewhere in that range and they dominate that division, it's going to be largely on the offensive side of the football that they're putting up points last year, one of his best years ever over 4,400 yards receiving uh, through less than 10 picks last year. So falls under that as well. And again, add Jameer Gibbs in the background. So has another weapon. If you want to get really crazy, what about Sam Darnold at 150 to one now, are we sure Brock Purdy's good? Because I'm not sure Brock Purdy is good. I think the weapons around Brock Purdy were very good last year. He got lucky with some throws that should have been picked off, that got dropped. And Sam Darnold, well, I know, never seen the stats from him, did throw seven touchdowns and one interceptions in the five starts he had at Carolina last year. And now he is going to elite offensive coordinator, elite head coach with elite weapons. I'm not positive Brock, but Brock Purdy gets his job back. If this San Francisco team is undefeated when he's healthy, are you really just going to hand the reins over if Sam Darnold is playing at at a high level? At 150 to 1, I'm willing to take a little bit of a flyer there at a big price.
3: That's fun, and I like the argument there. And I am a I am a Brock Purdy believer. I am a fan. He showed me enough last year to prove that he deserves the job, and if he starts off the season well and healthy, I think that he should keep it. But if I had to choose between Sam Darnold and Trey Lance, well, I know what the San Francisco 49ers gave up to go up in the draft to get Trey Lance and how much they have really wanted him to work out for them, he hasn't. And if Sam Darnold can see George Kittle and Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey instead of ghosts, I, I don't hate that at all if he could come alive and really show what he could do because he's not somebody that you can go place a bet in comeback player of the year, for example, because we all know if DeMar Hamlin gets on the field, that that's going to be his job to win. So where are the angles that you can do? And why not throw five bucks on Sam Darnold at 150 to one? That's fun. That's going to be very, very profitable if he ends up being the the starting quarterback for a good duration of the year. And look at the odds board for MVP as it sits right now. Trey Lance is a shorter shot than Brock Purdy already, and he's not the starter. So why not get that type of a value comparison from Trey Lance and him at this point. So I think it's really interesting. One of the big questions that our guy Zachary Cohen did pose in the NFL betting guide that's coming out tomorrow was Aaron Rodgers. Is he worth a look in his first season with the New York Jets? We know before the down year last season with the Packers and Everything that went on there. You talk about the interceptions, the most he's had and what feels like forever in his career. But in a new situation, rejuvenated, it seems, very invested in this Jets team. He's got weapons all over the place as well. Seen him anywhere between the 14-1 to and 18-1 to range. I know it's the AFC, but it's still Aaron Rodgers.
0: Yeah, I mean... It's not for me, but if you believe in the Jets, I don't hate the idea. If you think they're going to win the division, they have a logical shot of being the one or two seed. So you fill that criteria. You're in New York, so you have the narrative there. We know that Aaron Rodgers has a chip on his shoulder a lot of times. We saw that in the two MVP years that he won, where he was just pissed off and played better football because of it. You're going to get that same Aaron Rodgers in New York. The issue for me here is, are we sure right out of the gate he's going to be that special? And how many yards is he going to throw for with those running backs and that defense? I'm not sure he's able to compile the stats to do it, and I'm not sure they're able to win this division. And so when you combine those two, it's going to be very hard for him to be able to win MVP. Buffalo is still a very good football team. Miami is a good football team. Who knows what the Patriots are going to be this year now that they have a real offensive coordinator. That's a tough division to make a big-time case for someone like Aaron Rodgers to come out of and have a career-type year, which is what it's going to take to be able to win the MVP.
3: Yeah, but I wonder how much of the off-field stuff with Buffalo could impact them and their performance this year. Miami, do we trust that tuatunga Tagovailoa can stay healthy throughout the course of the year? I think that there could be some openings, maybe, for the Jets to climb their way up there. But, like, last 30 seconds here, are there names that you just cross out on this list? Because there were a few that I just X'd out and said, no way.
0: Uh, any non-quarterback, I'm immediately crossing off. And then anybody who, like Russell Wilson, who I think the Denver Broncos could be a lot better... But they're not going to win the division. They're not going to be a one or two seed. So I don't. I don't see how someone like Kim is able to get the get the MVP either.
3: Yeah, I, I. I. Yeah, I don't see that. I crossed off Deshaun Watson. I crossed off Justin Fields. I crossed off Tua. I know you, you're a believer in Miami, but I crossed him off. Don't yell at me. We have
0: I'm to. A fan, not a believer. <laughs> okay, there we go. We have
3: to take a break here. We're going to close out our one, getting you prepared for contest season. Vegas Maddie of FootballContest.com will join us next. Attention, BetMGM customers have a friend who loves sports as much as you do. Well, we've got a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus bet when you sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register for a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up, Makes a deposit, you'll both get that fifty dollars bonus. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be twenty-one years of age or older to wager. All promotions subject to qualification, eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is non withdrawable. Bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in thirty days. Gambling problem? Call one-eight hundred GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Time to welcome into the Lombardi Line, Matty Simo. You may know him as Vegas Matty of FootballContest.com, a very trusted proxy service. Here in Vegas, we're going to get into some of the details of Circa Survivor and the Millions Contest, the um, Westgate Super Contest as well. But I think we're still early enough in the window where with a fellow Las Vegas and VGK fan, I can say, how about them Golden Knights? How's it going?
5: Right. Go Knights go, huh?
3: Yes, sir. Yes, Quite sir. A run. You were out there, right, at Game 5?
5: I was, yeah. Me and my wife, my daughter, we enjoyed... Uh... The hoisting of the cup in person, it was an unbelievable experience, and I heard you talk about it on the NHL network uh, recently and just everything that goes into that first year as uh, William Carlson alluded to many times and uh, from day one on and just being part of the whole um, kind of experience and fandom here in Vegas is just unreal.
3: No, it's awesome. We've got the picture of you and your daughter up on the screen now from the game. So much fun. So emotional for all of us here in Vegas, having the first cup in franchise history. Uh, Look at that face. You guys having so much fun. That's awesome. (laughs) But I hear you also cashed in from a betting perspective too.
5: I did. I made a little money. I placed a wager at Circus Sports. They let you parlay futures. So I had a future on the Aces to win the WNBA championship and the Golden Knights to win the Stanley Cup. And it paid a little over 8,000 bucks, which is pretty nice. Nice little summer bet. I... I made actually while I was uh, um, signing up some people <laughs> last summer for the, the football contest, I just happened to throw 100 bucks down on that and it was a great payout. And then I, I did something similar, just a straight bet on the Golden Knights to win the cup at the Westgate, um, pay a little less. But, yeah, a little over $10,000 overall. I told my daughter Ella at the beginning of the playoffs that I'd give her 1000 bucks if they won the cup, and she's a little richer today.
0: I love that. I've been fortunate enough to see two cups lifted, both with the Kings. It's just a phenomenal experience. And I, I bet you made your daughter a very big Golden Knights fan based off of that little $1,000 uh, reward for her. let's Let's jump up and over to the contest market. But before we get yeah. into them, tell us a little about the proxy world. Uh, I, I've competed via proxy in a couple of these contests, and it's a, it's a cool experience. You guys do a wonderful job. Uh, just tell us how it works just for anyone who's coming to town and wants to get involved in either of these contests.
5: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the bottom line is to sign up for these contests, you have to do it in person, and you have to have a proxy if you're out of state. So we have people coming in from really all over the world to sign up for these contests, and um, what they do is they set up an appointment time to meet us in person, either at Circa or at the Westgate and sign up for these contests, and then they basically hand the baton to us to do the work during the season. So we physically put the picks in every week for 18 weeks, and uh, at the very end, hopefully they cash a big check. But we try to take the pressure off them. They don't have to stress about getting their picks in every week. And, you know, we do that work for them. And then, um, yeah, they just have to worry about picking the winners, which is the easy part.
3: Yeah, it's a, a great option for anybody <laughs> that wants to get involved in some of these big contests. And uh, how much pressure is that, though, from your standpoint? Because that's on you to make sure that you're double checking, got everything in right every week.
5: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work and it is a lot of pressure, but we do have two people working on your behalf every week. My partner, Tony in law, and I have been doing this. This is our 15th season. So we're uh, nice wow. and experienced. I, I do recommend if you, you know, if you're looking for a proxy, go with the pros like us who've been doing it a long time and we've built a nice client base uh, through VEASAN and um, just over the years, you know, we started football contest.com. Um, uh, a a little while ago, a few years ago, I think like five or six years ago, maybe, um, and really have built a nice online presence. Our Twitter handle is at football contest. And there, if you go there, you can find out all the information you want to about the contest, the rules, the payouts, um, just all the bonuses that are involved in these contests, which are really cool. I mean, that's really what's setting apart the contest uh, now uh, as they've grown is just the number of ways that you can win money.
0: I think it's a great segue, Maddie. We are uh, the, the millionaire may or the millions. I'm sorry the, the the survivor one gets all the pub toward the end of the year, but you have both the contests at Circa and at, uh, at, at, Westgate, where you're picking five games a week. There's a lot of prizes outside of just the season long prize. I think that's a huge part of this year. You, you can be terrible the first four weeks and still be able to cash a big time check. You want to talk about some of those ancillary prizes and some success your past, uh, users have had.
5: Yeah, for sure. I mean, the quarters in in Circa and the Booby Prize are also worth noting. I mean, they, they, you could win a ton of money each quarter in the Circa Million by picking five games against the spread, and then also the Booby Prize every quarter. You can win twenty five thousand dollars if you have the worst record, and then a hundred thousand dollars at the end of the season if you have the overall worst record. So we've been uh, fortunate to have two of the three Booby Prize winners so far. Uh, we didn't get it last year. We came close, but then in the Super Contest also. I think it's, it's really cool. They have 11 in-season prizes um, that are basically uh, award money to people every three weeks, every six weeks, and every nine weeks. And I'll tell you guys, we had somebody who started out 10, 19, and 1 after the first six weeks in the Super Contest last year. And he ended up cashing $120,000 because of how well he did from weeks 10 through 18. Wow. So he had three, three different, like, smaller contests that he won money in. And that just kind of goes to show... If you want to be involved with the shorter, smaller contest, the super contest is another great option to consider. And they're starting signups sign on July 1st, which is this Saturday.
3: Here with Vegas, Maddie, footballcontest.com, one of the most trusted, if not the most trusted proxy service available. Even our own Brent Musburger, the legend himself, has used FootballContest.com and these guys. And you talk about signups for the super contest coming up soon. People at at Circa can already sign up for stuff. We know the way that the guarantees have been elevated this year with Survivor going up to 8 million. Circa Million came up short last year, but back to 6 million for that contest as well. Are you already seeing signups for this thing? I know I usually get involved closer to the season starting, but because things are open to do it now, are you seeing folks get involved?
5: Oh, yeah, we've been there since day one when they, when, not to quote William Carlson again, but uh, since day one of mind. the the <laughs> entries opening, we had the first very first sign up and then even had a, a full house guy yesterday who did the max of the five millions and the 15 survivors, uh, 10 survivors, sorry, 15 total entries. And we've had a few of those so far. I mean, that's the biggest difference this year is as far as the max entries. You can, instead of three millions and six survivors, you can do five millions and 10 survivors. And the hope obviously is to be able to hit that uh, guarantee or go over the guaranteed amount. So Derek doesn't have to come out of pocket this year.
0: You mentioned the max number of entries 10 on the survivor side, which is uh, you mentioned up from the six, but there's also the rule where if you get knocked out on Thursday, you can buy back into that 10 number. Do you expect to see anybody buying 10 and just going, Hey, I'm going to put five on the lions, five on the chiefs. I'm going to buy back five afterward, knowing that I'm through week one on half my entries.
5: Yeah, I mean, we they had that last year with the six max, and we didn't have anybody personally that uh, took advantage of that where you know they were willing to put up the money and try to like kind of uh, guarantee their way into the second week. But, I mean, it's definitely a, an option for people. I think you definitely have to be here that first weekend to be able to do it because you still have to re-up um, in person to, to get that max number of entries. But it's an interesting kind of wrinkle uh, to get people to – try to get through that first week, but I mean, you got what lions chiefs on that mm-hmm. first Thursday game. Uh, I think you know, if people take that, the chiefs that, that early on, that's uh, that's one less great team they can use and taking the lions on the other hand would be a little ballsy. So I don't know. I, I think uh, taking the first game is, is definitely risky, but at least Circa gives you a good chance to buy back in.
3: Maddie. Awesome stuff. Really, really appreciate your time. And one last time for the folks at home, let them know how they can find you um, and get signed up.
5: Sure, footballcontest.com. And for all VSIN listeners, new clients, we're offering, offering $50 off using promo code VSIN. If you go to footballcontest.com slash VSIN, you can use that promo code, save $50. And we're doing a new 50 50 bonus pro, promo for new clients uh, and VSIN listeners. If you refer any new clients to us, you get an extra $50 per client that you bring us, per new client with no limits. So if you bring us like 10 people, that's 500 bucks coming your way you can get your proxy fee basically for free so that's something that uh, we just changed up this year and we're hoping to, to get uh friends of friends and and just kind of extend that network and get as many people as we can this year to help help Derek uh, get, yeah. get get over that uh that minimum
3: let's do it fantastic thank you so much appreciate your time
5: thank you appreciate you too
3: and again we're just going to quote William Carlson one more time he's been doing it since day one since day one, uh, awesome stuff there from me. Are you more of a survivor or a million guy? Like, do you like the against the spread contest?
0: I'm more of a million guy. I okay. survivor just infuriates me because inevitably <laughs> that one week you get snapped off and it's usually in a really dirty way. It's never like this. this you, oh, you just lost the game. Usually it's that last second field goal by the 14 point dog or something, something crazy goes on a quarterback injury. So survivor picks me off.
3: Like when I lost week 10 on a tie two years ago. That was great. There you go.